Welcome to the Founders Keepers podcast, a series of interviews exploring stories behind the founders of change-making businesses in social impact, healthcare, and health tech industries, and what makes those founders tick. I'm your host, Dr. Grace Hatton, and this week I'm joined by Ashley Hanger, the founder of Strip Supply. Ashley is by background a journalism and public relations graduate, who embarked on her journey with Strip Supply, company tagline, Diabetes is a Prick, in early 2020 in order to address an unmet need she saw among young diabetic patients struggling to order and receive their medication and device supplies on time. Leveraging a large social media following of predominantly Gen Z people living with diabetes and an initial waitlist of almost 500 members before launching in late 2021, Strip Supply is now Australia's first and only dedicated diabetes patient management subscription service automating delivering custom orders and supplies to diabetic patients across the country. The startup boasts that it leverages existing medical infrastructure to bring drugs to people that need them most, and an easy to sign up subscription model that makes drug refills as easy as possible. Ashley speaks in this episode about her non-traditional route into healthcare business ownership, her love for storytelling as a founder and experience of pitching her story to investors, and how she's effectively harnessing the power of social media in tackling holistic diabetes care. Let's get started. Ashley, you're not from a strictly healthcare-oriented background, but you found yourself heading up an organisation that supports the care of patients suffering from one of the biggest four killer diseases in the Western world. So tell me your story. How did that happen? Yes, I am from about as far from a medical background as you can possibly get. Um, I have always been a lover of words and I studied journalism uh, at the University of Queensland when I graduated from high school. Uh, and I've worked in marketing and I've been a magazine editor and I never thought that I would find myself uh, the founder of a medical startup. Um, but I guess where it all started uh, was when I met my partner, Tristan, uh, almost six years ago now. Um, we met on Tinder. Uh, I'm not ashamed of it. Um, and on our first date, I found out that he was living with this thing called type 1 diabetes. And he told me because he, we were, we'd seen a, a really bad uh, superhero movie that was just filled with all of these needles and gross stuff and blood. And I was mentioning afterwards how uh, I just absolutely despise needles. And he found that hilarious uh, because he said, I actually have to give myself a needle needle. Multiple times a day, I have diabetes, and of course, didn't I feel terrible? Um, but um, meeting Tristan was uh, one of the best things um, that has ever happened to me in my life because he helped me to find this passion for helping people with chronic illness and, in particular, diabetes. And I have many friends, family members, and historically, in my capacity as a clinician, patients with diabetes. And mm. I'm sure you've encountered this with Tristan, but one of the many common problematic themes in their care management, even when they're very stable, is navigating and maintaining this seemingly endless stream of equipment needed. So can you tell me what is Strip Supply and what does it do to support patients with diabetes? Yeah, so Strip Supply is Australia's first diabetes subscription box. So we automate the delivery of uh, medical supplies for people living with diabetes. So we um, deliver things like test strips, needle tips, syringes, uh, insulin pump infusion sets, and continuous glucose monitors, sensors, and transmitters. Uh, basically, any therapeutic goods that you need um, to live your life with diabetes. Um, and what we're trying to do is just give control back to the patient and give them one less thing to do on their to-do list. Uh, it can be quite mentally overwhelming to live with a chronic illness, um, particularly something like diabetes that really does take over your entire life. 
Uh, so we're just trying to take one tiny little thing off of that to-do list and lighten that mental load. And it's an excellent example of really good product market fit in the healthcare industry. Um, you launched last year. Did you anticipate that it would take off in the way that it did? From what I read, you had an enormous waiting list before you'd even launched. Yeah, we did. Um, I was really lucky. Uh, I think particularly in Australia, actually even the world, the diabetes community is really tight knit. It's really niche and very well connected online. So I couldn't believe um, the waiting list that we um, had surmounted almost 500 people um, who were so excited for this product to come to market. Um, And because originally I, I saw the problem in my partner, you know, he uh, was a 20-something guy, really into his sports. He had a full-time career, um, a very busy social life, and he just didn't have time to go to the pharmacy. And he would always forget to order his, you know, his medical supplies in advance because here in Australia, you do need to order them a couple of days before you need them. It takes a little while for the products to come into pharmacy. And I started um, kind of chatting to some of my other friends who I knew were living with diabetes, and they said the exact same thing. And you know, diabetes Facebook groups that I'm a part of, I just saw this recurring theme of people asking, you know, is there anyone in the Brisbane area who has any extra strips? I've run out. My pharmacy doesn't have them until Monday. Um, So I I wasn't surprised that so many people needed this product because I think recurring, you know, across so many different channels, I was seeing that this was a problem that no one else seemed to realise, you know, that no one else seemed to find a solution for. So I'd like to understand more about what you do currently in relation to the mm-hmm. business, because other um, founders, CEOs I've, st- I've spoken to essentially seem to wear multiple hats, especially when you're at a very early stage of business development. So what is it that you do in regards to strip supply? And maybe what does a typical day in the business look like for you? Yeah, well, I guess uh, you could probably call me a hat rack with the amount of hats that I wear. Um, so I'm probably no different to most founders uh, you would chat to. Um, I essentially, you know, run the uh, operations of the business um, in uh, in coordination with my partner pharmacist. Um, but I do all of our marketing. I uh, built and maintain our website. I I am customer service. I am you know tech support. Um, I do pretty much everything, um, but I absolutely love it. So a typical day in my life uh, would be, you know, answering emails and customer queries in the morning, and then I might move on to doing a little bit of website work or some strategy, applying for some, you know, government grants or applying for some pitching competitions. Um, I absolutely love trying to get the brand name out there, which is a real focus for me at the moment. Um, and then in the afternoon, I might, you know, film uh, some social media content and edit that and share that. Um, and then, you know, later in the afternoon, again, just keeping those customer queries um, answered and, and replying to emails. Honestly, emails take up a lot of my life right now. I think it's really interesting that you've touched on social media as well, because it seems to be that you've leveraged quite a lot of support for Strip Supply through social media. And I think that's quite a new um frontier for a lot of startups in you've already got an inbuilt customer base almost if you've got a large social media following so tell me more about how you feel the role of social media has impacted strip supply i mean social media fast is our primary channel of communication with our customers um and uh, our single you know our focused place of where we've built our community uh community for me is the biggest part of strip supply it is uh why uh, we are so special. Um, so we've built the largest community of Gen Z uh, 
people living with diabetes in Australia. Um, and social media has been absolutely fundamental to that because it's a way for people living with this chronic illness to connect with people outside of their main circle, outside of their friends and family who may not understand what they're dealing with. And they can find people online, Australia-wide and worldwide, uh, who totally understand what they're going through and they just, they get it. And that is something that Strip Supply has always been about. You know, we're here not to sugarcoat the hard times um, because when you have diabetes, there are a lot of hard times. Uh, what we're here to do is to support you through those highs and those lows um, and to, you know, provide you with a community who just gets it. Tell me more about the pitching competitions you've spoken about, because I think that's quite different, obviously, from maybe a seed round or, you know, looking for a venture capital investor, you're actively competing with other startups um, to maybe a panel. And I'm quite intrigued as to how you've prepared for them, what they are, how they work. Tell me a bit about that. Yeah, so uh, what I kind of consider to be my superpower uh, as a founder is my knack for storytelling. Uh, so my background in marketing and my background in journalism, uh, they don't really help with the finances of a startup, but they do certainly help uh, in my pitching and in my ability to communicate what Strip Supply is and why we're so special. Um, so I first started pitching my business um, probably two years ago. Um, I went to the University of Queensland in Brisbane and they have an excellent um, entrepreneurial program called uh, Under UQ Ventures. So there's a number of programs um, almost in a tiered system that you can work your way through to really refine and validate uh, your business. Uh, so I started off pitching in um, some of the, the very beginner uh, programs in UQ Ventures. And then last year, I pitched at the UQ iLab uh, Accelerator Pitch Night, uh, which is, uh, you know, their, their premier event in Brisbane. And I won um, that pitch night. And so I was crowned the 2021 UQ Entrepreneur of the Year, which was very exciting. And that kind of um, sparked this bug inside of me, like, oh, I actually really like pitching. I love that adrenaline rush. I love those nerves right before you step out onto a stage. And um, there's very few occasions in life where you get to have an audience's complete attention and you have a spotlight on you. Um, and I absolutely love being able to share my vision and my purpose with so many people at one time. And that is something that pitching allows me to do. So um, probably my, my major pitch was last year um, for UQ, but I, you know, I take every opportunity to pitch, um, to pitch strip supply. And um, I'll be doing a TED talk later this year as well to kind of raise awareness on uh diabetes stereotypes and why we should be more careful around what words we use. Um, but yeah, I think the power of voice is something that is so important, um, not just in the startup world, but in any kind of advocacy. Well, congratulations on uh, the TED Talk. I'll definitely be tuning into that one. Um, I wanted to ask as well, because you launched at a very interesting time, because 2021 was still a year of uncertainty, uh, given the impact of COVID-19. And I know in Australia, you were still in and out of lockdowns. Um, COVID mm. clearly impacted a lot of businesses globally, but it actually seems to me that Strip Supply's business model responded quite well to these lockdowns. So can you tell me what happened when the pandemic essentially hit you in Australia and how did it affect your supply chain? Mm. I mean, if anything, uh, the pandemic just proved that something like Strip Supply wasn't just a want, it was an absolute need. Um so I, I saw firsthand that during, particularly in 2020, uh, when COVID really started to take off, 
people weren't just stockpiling toilet paper from the supermarket shelves. They were also stockpiling their medication. Uh, so people like my partner, Tristan, who require certain, you know, therapeutic goods and medications to, to survive, uh, couldn't get a hold of those um, things anymore. Um, and there was a period of uh, a lot of uh, a lot of scared people um, in Australia who couldn't get a, get a hold of their usual medical supplies and their insulin and things like that. Um, and that period of time really showed me that the current, you know, supply chain, it just, it's not working. Um, so after um, 2020, there were some pretty severe restrictions put in place um, so that that wouldn't happen again. Um, but what that did mean is that people like Tristan had to go to the pharmacy even more often to pick up their medical supplies because they could only buy so much at one time. Um, so if anything, I mean, these were all of these changes were paving the way for strip supply and um, almost feeding into um, the the customer need for a platform like this. Um, so our supply chain hasn't faltered um, since we launched, uh, you know, publicly this year. Obviously, we've been running a pilot for the past six months now. Um, but yeah, I COVID only uh, really highlighted the need that people need to be able to access. Uh, medical equipment and medical supplies from the comfort of their home, um, particularly people with chronic illness. If there is something like a pandemic happening outside their door, they don't want to leave the house. They don't want to go to a place where sick people um, tend to reside like a pharmacy. Um, and while a pharmacy is incredibly important in a community, um, it is not absolutely necessary uh for every single person out there. So um, strip supply, we were just giving people another option and making, you know, the trip to the pharmacy a little bit more accessible. And I get, I guess as the founder of strip supply, what would you say are the biggest challenges that you've had to overcome? Because surely that was one of them. Um, but what other problems have you encountered along the way that maybe you didn't anticipate? Because as you sort of said by your own admission, you, you weren't necessarily expecting to be running this business, you know, one, two hmm. years ago. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think there are a lot of obvious problems that you could see, or not problems, but challenges. Um, and there were challenges that I expected, things like uh, not understanding in the beginning how the pharmaceutical industry works because it wasn't a native industry for me, uh, not not understanding you know, how the medical industry works um, and having to learn all of that from scratch. Um, those were really big challenges, but they were also... I guess part of my strength because I was seeing this industry for the first time with fresh eyes and oftentimes that's the best way to solve a problem is um, to do it with fresh eyes. The challenges that I didn't expect and the ones that I would say have been the, the toughest to overcome is um, the challenges within myself, um, to put it simply. Um, I think self-doubt has been the hardest thing for me to deal with um, as a founder, particularly as a sole founder and particularly as a female founder. Um, I've done quite a, quite a few accelerator programs uh, over the past couple of years where I am in a cohort or a community with other founders uh, where we can, you know, grow, um, grow together and feed off each other. And something that I was so alarmed by was how different my experience was uh, in comparison to um, very generally my male counterparts. Um, for me, I, I couldn't um, even fathom having more confidence in myself than what I you know had. I couldn't I couldn't imagine thinking that I could possibly do this. I, I absolutely didn't think that I could do it. Um, and never once did I see that reflected back at me from from a male founder. Um, 
but I did, but I did see that in my, um, my female, my fellow female founders. So for me, the biggest challenge has been dealing with, um, my own barriers, my own mindset and self-doubt and, um, trying to work with myself, um, to believe that, I am the right person for this job and um, that I can do this. Other founders I've spoken to have, tying in with what you said about having the confidence in yourself to sort of manage and run your own business, um, but they've also mentioned the importance of building a great team. And I guess that's intrinsically tied to having trust in other people to not only see your vision, but execute it. And so my next question is, are you looking to build a team uh, and how will you do this? And what sort of characteristics or qualities would you look for in your first hire I assume and Mm -hmm. maybe subsequent ones yeah that's such a good question um I think uh we're still really early stage and I've got a lot of incredible contractors and freelancers uh, in our health team and in the content space who do um some amazing work for me um but I am looking ahead to the future and looking at who my first hire is going to be and I'm not going to lie to you it absolutely scares me shitless um to um to make that first hire uh because up until this point I've only really had a responsibility to myself uh and to my customers and my responsibility to my customers is really easy to complete um this you know it's not rocket science um but to have you know to have an employee, to have employees um, who have families and they have homes, who are very much um, relying on me to provide them with an income, um, I find that really scary. Um, but for me, our first hire, uh, I'm not really sure what they will be like just yet. But I do know that um, as much as I would love to hire a clone of myself to try and uh, deal with my workload, I will probably look to hire someone who is the complete opposite of me. Someone. Uh, who is uh, really technically minded um, or someone who is sales focused or someone who has a very lengthy knowledge and experience in the pharmaceutical and diabetes space. Um, I, I can come at the problem from a very uh, anecdotal and personal connection, uh, but something that I don't have is the experience and uh, you know the academic knowledge of someone like a diabetes educator or a clinician. Um, so I think that's who I'm going to target as my first hire. I think they would make a great addition to the strip supply team. My next question is, what are you most optimistic about regarding the future of strip supply, which I think ties in quite nicely with the, the concept of looking to the future, building a team. <laughs> and how do you see the products that you offer within the strip supply subscription box changing as diabetic patient care moves towards utilising technologies such as dermatological sensors, more so instead of traditional syringes, lancets, pen needles, test strips, and so on? I think that's a really interesting question. I think because this is something that I think about often when times get really challenging. I think about uh, how many lives that I am going to change and how many lives strip supply is going to change. Um, it, it might seem like a small thing, you know, getting your medication delivered or your therapeutic goods delivered, but it makes such a big difference in the life of someone who just feels like they're at the mercy of, you know, of a chronic illness, of or of their condition. Um, so what I'm most excited about in the future is just seeing more and more people being able to take back control of their lives um, by using strip supply. Um, and in terms of, you know, where are we going to go as diabetes management becomes more digital, uh, well, we're going to be right at right at the front of that development. You know, my vision for strip supply is to be so much more than a subscription service. It is to be a place where you can manage your your diabetes you know 
uh, digitally and a place where you can come and share your data with clinicians and uh, meet your clinicians and have a telehealth arm to it. And there's so much that I'm planning that um, I'm so excited to announce. Um, But I think that we'll definitely be right there, uh, you know, forging the way ahead in digital uh, diabetes management and healthcare. What about expanding internationally? I'm I'm sure numerous other countries would benefit from a subscription service like this. Have you looked to where you might go next? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think, you know, there's millions upon millions of people living with diabetes around the world, and I'd absolutely love to be able to help as many of them as we can. Um, I haven't thought about expanding internationally yet. Um, I'll never say never always open to new opportunities. Uh, but I do think that uh, once we've saturated the, mar- the diabetes market in Australia, um, we'll look to open up um, different ki- to different kinds of chronic illness um, that could benefit from a similar platform that Strip Supply offers. Um, I have family members who are living with other kinds of chronic illnesses like Crohn's disease. I've got friends who live with cystic fibrosis. Um, I think being able to help them as well um, you know, from a very similar platform. They're also using, you know, the same kinds of drugs every single day for the rest of their lives. Um, I think we'll definitely be opening up to those kinds of subscription platforms um, before we go internationally. I just want to go back to a point you raised, and it may not be a question that you can easily answer, but you were talking about (laughs) in the future of Strip Supply, it may be that you offer a service where patients are easily able to share their data and communicate more fluidly with their clinicians or, um, you know, their team of doctors and multidisciplinary professionals. I appreciate diabetes is a slightly more niche area where people are willing to Mm. data share, but I just wanted to understand your perspective of it and what your experience had been so far. Yeah, I think, I mean, privacy and security is obviously such a big topic, particularly in healthcare and digital healthcare. Um, It is by far the most important thing um, that we have had to uh, figure out um, in my journey um, because customer privacy uh, and customer security is of utmost importance. Um, So far, I haven't seen um, customers shying away from um, providing uh, data on sign up. Um, although having said that, I guess that they just wouldn't sign up. So that would be them, um, you know, shying away. But um, I think people trust uh, that we have uh, done the due diligence and um, created a concrete um, security and privacy screen for them, which we absolutely have. I mean, at the end of the day, it is Strip Supplies' responsibility uh, to make sure that the trust that customers have in us is absolutely rooted in um in secure measures and um i think there's some really cool stuff um happening in the health tech space in data security and data privacy uh and it's a it's a uh space that really interests me personally as well um coming from a very digital background and coming you know particularly someone who is at an age where i share my data so freely um so i think uh, ultimately, um, it is Strip Supply's responsibility to ensure that when a customer trusts us with their data, that there is absolutely no way that, that data is going to go anywhere but um, the clinicians that they intend it to go to. Would you do anything differently with Strip Supply if you were completely to start again? Oh, man. Hindsight is a beautiful, beautiful thing. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> uh, obviously, I think if you ask anyone that question, there would probably be a million things that you would you know, do differently. Um, but 
Ultimately, no, because I think if Strip Supplier had moved any faster, I wouldn't have been uh, ready as a founder um, to be able to take the next step and the next step with the business. Um, obviously, I wish that some things I didn't have to learn the hard way. There's definitely been a lot of, um, uh, you know, legal and finance and business um, uh, lessons that I've learned the hard way. But Sometimes that's just how you've got to learn the lesson because it won't stick any other way. Um, so I honestly, no, I wouldn't do anything um, any differently. I think that Strip Supply has evolved in a beautiful, uh, beautiful way. Um, yeah. And lastly, what advice would you share with anyone wanting to pursue their own business venture, healthcare, health tech or otherwise? Do it. <laughs> just do it. Um, to quote um, Nike, um, just never. Never be concerned that you're not the right person for the job. Never be concerned that you can't do it because that's you're wasting your energy. Um, if you have an idea, you're absolutely the right person to see it through. Um, and don't don't be worried that someone's going to steal your idea because there are hundreds of hundreds of ideas that are thought of every day and very few people actually action them. So um, my advice to a new founder is to... Um, just take the first step. Don't worry about the big picture. Just take one tiny little step. Just, you know, sign up to Instagram. Just grab a donate domain name. Just take one tiny little step in the right direction and try not to worry yourself with the big picture just yet. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Founders Keepers. And if you have, please consider subscribing to the podcast and leaving a review on whatever listening platform you are using. Be sure to tune in next time for another founder story. <laughs>